Well, I tell you what, you come to the Adelaide Velo 500 and you get nothing but the top class, my friend. I'm telling you right now, we have got five-time championship winner, six-time Bathurst winner. He's now on Fox Sports. You can see him each and every time we race. It's Mark Scaife. G'day, mate. How G'day, are you? guys. Yeah, what a great weekend for Adelaide, huh? Yeah, we're excited. I mean, we came up to the Gold Coast, and uh, although it started off very cool up there, it ended up being a pretty uh, pretty good race, mate, wasn't it? Oh, it was a ripper. I mean, we uh, we had a record crowd, 202,000 people, and, and it was one of those ones where, you know, it's got its vibe back. Yeah. You, know, you go through events and the stages of the event, and that's what's so impressive about this one because, you know, I remember saying last year that when Peter Malinaskis and the team... Uh, at Cabinet basically brought this back. They didn't just reintroduce the event, they reinvigorated it, yeah. and it's come back bigger and better. So I think the, the status of this event, when you think about the end of the year, it's the championship decider. Um, fortunately, it goes down to the yeah. wire this year. didn't get down to the wire last year, but when you think about what they've done, and I walked into this precinct, and you see all the coverage over the grandstand now, you see all the infrastructure that's gone into this yeah. This beautiful precinct. I mean, it's a world-class motor racing facility and uh, everybody should be really congratulated. And that's the beauty of it. I think coming from being the first race of the uh, of the calendar year to being the last race, it does bring a different vibe. It, look, it does. And, and I think at the, at the end of the day, it's all about what government do across a spectrum of activity. So when you guys now have the Live Golf and you've got the Gather mm-hmm. Round and all the things, when we were on at the start of the year, it was basically in... Fringe combination with fringe time, yeah. right? And there was a sort of a bit of a double up. Yeah. So when this was all sort of touted, when the previous government, you know, disbanded the event and there was a big push by Peter and the team to get this, this event back, one of the things immediately was what would you do? How would you place it? Where would it sit within the calendar? All the things. And as it turns out, being able to put it off the back of the footy season, mm. clear air for everybody in terms of national fo- uh, sporting footprint. Mm. So the footy codes are finished. The, the racing yep. season in horse racing you know, yeah. is over. Um, so when you get to a point like we've got now, it's, it's the perfect thing for us. Like you said, the, uh, the race is still in the balance. Uh, mm. Where did they finish? Sixth and tenth, those two blokes, Kostecki and uh, SBG, yeah, yeah. in practice? Yeah. Well, they were only a couple of hundreds of a second apart, yeah. so there was nothing in them. And there was a little drama there with Van Gisbergen's car. It had a steering mm. issue. He's been having a steering complaint or a gremlin with that for most of the season. Um, so at this point, um, it's, uh, it's a little bit... It's a little bit, in terms of form guide, it's a little bit unknown because mm. he didn't put new tyres on at the end, right. Van Gisbergen. So we haven't really seen his best. Right. Um, and I also noted that Brody didn't do his best final sector either. So we haven't really seen them throw their best punch. Mm. But I really thought that practice session was like a qualifying session. Mm. It was so good. It was fantastic. So take those uh, two points situations out of the equation. Who's leading and who's not. Who's in better form heading into this weekend? Oh, look, I think you've got to say Kostecki okay. um, because he's just been so strong across the course of the whole season. And we said at the start of the whole Gen 3 campaign that what was really required is you needed to forget the old cars because the old cars had yeah. so much downforce and everybody complained about the amount of downforce they had. In fact, Shane was the most vocal. Yeah. He, he was the guy that said he couldn't follow each other. Yeah. So based on those complaints, we took about 60% of the downforce off the cars. The downforce for the Mustang and Camaro this year are reminiscent of what we had in the early 2000s. Yeah, wow. So those, that sort of downforce of Commodore and Falcon in those days is about what they've got. Yeah. So when you think about where we are and what's gone on through the course of the year, 
the people that have been able to grab the cars by the scruff of the neck mm. and liaise properly with their engineering group, not worrying about yesterday's newspaper with the old yeah. cars, not trying to get the same level of grip because mm. it's just not available. Yeah. You, you can't have that much downforce and replicate it with the new cars. Mm. So you've got to basically say, clean sheet of paper, bang, go your hardest, do the best job. And mm. Brody Kostecki and George Commons, his engineer, and that team, so the Coke team down there for Erebus, They've done a tremendous job. They've been the standout team of the year. How would you see the summer going then? What changes are they going to be able to make during the summer to get ready for next season with these well, cars? Well, look, we're going to have a what I would call a Gen 3 reset for the start of yeah. 2024. So we already know right now that with the parity adjustments that have been made to the Mustang over the last three or four months, that the Mustang and Camaro are very, very close. Mm. But we want to confirm that. So we've basically got an American program for transient dyno testing, which is a, a, a different, more um, a more accurate in-car dyno test, which is a tra- transient um, dyno from a- AVL. And then we're also going to do wind tunnel testing in America. So they're, they're accredited as the world's best practice for being able to paratise race cars. Yeah, right. And they do it for other categories in the world. Yeah. So we're going to go and embark on that. We're spending the money. We've got a really big program. In fact, the cars are already in America. Wow. So we've already sent a Shell V-Power Mustang and a Red mm. Bull Airpole Camaro over. Mm. And both of those cars will be tested in the wind tunnel. We'll come back from that testing and we'll be able to start 2024 with as close as what I think we're seeing on track now mm. anyway. Right? Yeah. I mean, the two wins that Mustang had at the Gold Coast were mm. fantastic. Yeah. And the speed that we're seeing even today there, Mustang was... 119. Well, mm. Thomas Randall was the fastest car, right? Yeah. So mm. uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to th- how this weekend rolls out, but I'm also looking forward to finishing off our year and being able to come into mm. 2024 with a very optimistic attitude to it. Excellent. Um, we spoke to an old mate of yours, uh, Jim Richards, uh, yeah. last night, and uh, yeah. we did a bit of a flashback in time, where are they now type uh, segment, and uh, he got the nickname Gentleman Jim. I don't think he was that convinced about it, to tell you the truth. Can you, can you give us an insight? Uh, it's one of the funniest nicknames of all time, right? Because out of the car, yeah. he was an absolute gentleman, yeah. one of the most beautiful people you'd ever be around in your life. Yeah. But he put his racing helmet on, and he was like Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. Like he, he, and he taught me because he was tw- he's 20 years older than I am, mm. and we were teammates for a long time. Mm-hmm. He was the world's best touring car driver in the late 80s, early 90s, yeah. for sure. Mm. So I learned a, a massive amount from him, but he taught me a lot of things other than drinking beer. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he taught me that if you run into somebody, the first thing you do is you get out of the car and you walk down to their garage and you shake hands with them. Right. right. So that's where he sort of half got this gentlemanly thing yeah. from. But when he was in the car, he was an absolute animal. Yeah. Like he would run into blokes yeah. and he was the, probably the most competitive race driver I've ever seen. And he, he sort of reminds me, and I, that, well, that's why I say... The modern version of Jim Richards is Shane Van Gisbergen, mm, right? right? Mm. So their, their prowess in the car is probably best of a generation. Yep. Mm. Um, and the reality around Jim Richards at his best was just the most remarkable racing driver I've, I've, I've ever seen. Wow. So while we're talking about your racing days, this very track in 2000, you remember this very well, from last, 38th on the grid to win the day. That, that's one of the most amazing sort of feats I've seen on a track. How, how do you remember those memories of, of here in Adelaide? Well, honestly, I mean, those sorts of races you remember forever. How that did you get 38th? 
<laughs> well, because I didn't finish the day before. Yeah. Right. So what used to happen, it was a, a cumulative grid. Mm. So instead of what we do now where we qualify each day, yeah. where you finish on the Saturday is where you start for the Sunday. Yeah. So I had an engine drama on the Saturday wow. and basically out of the race and then I uh, had to start 38th <laughs> and it rained for most of that day, yeah. if you remember, and it was a really wild, really wild day, but uh, fortunately I was able to get through. That's that quite amazing. Oh, it's unbelievable. 37 cars in front of you, a wet yeah. day, and you're evading all the way through a street circuit, mind you. Yeah. Not a diff- uh, that's a very difficult place to do such it's a thing. It's got to be one of the yeah. best performances of your mm. life. Yeah, and, yeah, and you remember those races. I oh, mean, you, yeah. just sort of, you, you think to yourself at the end, and look, like all things there's some of those moves that you're a bit lucky yeah. but I do remember standing on the grid and walking up to the three or four blokes in front of me and said don't hold me up because I'm going to be real serious <laughs> so uh, it was, a, it was a, a really good day for us oh, well done mate yeah. uh, well you got a tip for uh, the weekend look I, I haven't really because obviously it's it's such an unforgiving layout mm-hmm. you can have qualifying this afternoon and crash and be out for the whole weekend. Yeah. So the consequences of a bad performance this weekend are massive. Yeah. But given there's only 150 points per day, and Brody's got a 131 point lead. Yes. He needs to find 19 points to wrap it up tomorrow. Yeah. Gotcha. And if I if I was in his team, that's what I'd be trying to do. Nah, brilliant. Yeah. Hey, mate, we'll let you get back to it. Thank you very much, Mark Skate, legend on Fox Sports now. Thank you for your time. Great stuff. Thanks, guys.